Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, on the record, <clears throat> I'm Brother Priest. Today is July 9th, 2018. So see thought. Can everyone hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. All right. Praise the Lord. So, uh, I want to continue where we were going before. Um, but before I do that, I, I would like to slightly deviate. Um, just a bit. <clears throat> so, listen to this. I just saw this like maybe 10 minutes ago before coming onto the line. So, this is an article that's on the cover of uh, Yahoo. And it says, Elliot Perry named Memphis Grizzlies, which is an NBA basketball team. Elliot Perry named Memphis Grizzlies alternate governor for the NBA Board of Governors. <clears throat> I never knew the NBA had a Board of Governors. <laughs> That's really interesting. They have a board of governors. Now, Brother Eric, are you there? Shalom, yes, sir. What does that tell you? What do you think about that? There's a, well... Basically, there's a world inside a world in uh, in in the NBA. You know, uh, you got governors. I'm pretty sure you got the senators and all that other stuff too. But it's a hidden. They privatize them. You know, it's private. Uh, and they uh, they shareholder. I, I guess he should be a shareholder as well because well he have control of the stock because I think uh, he can trade and buy if he want to. Uh, other athletes. Uh, it is just a, a form of government. Government with that idea. But I, I thank you, brother. <clears throat> um, brother Bradley, what do what do you think about that? Yeah, I was on the same uh, line as the brother, thinking like it's his own government, his own. Corporation, you know, just like the United States, with have you know governors and it's almost you know just members 
all the way down to the players who are just basically basically the uh the money. So yeah, I see it just as another corporation. They you know, create a corporation within a corporation like the brother said, and with that I yield. Thank you for that. Um yes, sir. Listen to this. The Memphis Grizzlies today announced that chairman and owner has appointed Memphis native an alternate governor to the NBA's Board of Governors. Since retiring from professional basketball, Perry has committed his life to making a difference in the Memphis community. Perry is a member of the Grizzlies local ownership group and serves on the board of seven organizations throughout the city of Memphis, including Teach for, you, Teach for America, Memphis Athletic Ministries, New Hope Christian Academy, and National Civil Rights Museum. He also works with the Popular Foundation as their community advisor, focusing on educational opportunities for youth and families in Memphis. <clears throat> this is a Negro. <clears throat> and the NBA has a board of governors. Who would have thought? So um, I think this is important to to be aware of because um, essentially any body of people, any group of people, that is operating in government. <clears throat> Anybody heard of Cynthia McKinney? No, sir. Uh, Cynthia McKinney. Let me see if I can look her up very quickly. <clears throat> Try to explain who this lady is. She is an activist and she's a member of the Democratic Party. I think she's a politician. I just found out about her uh, last week. Um, what is she doing? She's a, a member of the House of Representatives Eleventh District of Georgia. So, Cynthia McKinney did an interview that I saw part of the interview, and she was talking about fake government. And <clears throat> she said that we should not be referring to government as government. We should be referring to it as governance. So what they do is they they govern. Now, <clears throat> when she said this, she was trying to say, like, basically, the government is not, they're not rulers. 
she's trying to say that they really are supposed to work and help and serve the public. But look at this. No matter how large or no matter how small a group of people are, there must be a form of government how you are to govern and rule and commit governance of the people. So I was just thinking about the fact that the NBA has this governors, board of governors, and I wonder how many of our people understand the concept of, of the necessity of government. Because, look, a lot of people, they don't want to join organizations. They don't want to be a part of any anything except for dealing with their self. A lot of people just say, well, I don't need anybody. I don't need any friends. You know, forget all of that. And they just want to stick to their self. But, E.K., what do you think about that? That there's, What do you think about that? About the governance, about having governance and just government in general? Yeah. Well, I mean, the way I look at it is if there was no sense of governance or even government, there would always be chaos and there will be no civility. And so that's really essentially what government provides is civil order. And so you need to have a form where people are able to lead people to have, you know, a unified, a uniform perspective on how to conduct themselves commercially and, and lawfully and legally in all those different areas. And so you need to have bodies of people that represent that and to be able to serve the people and making sure that they are adhering to those things. If not, then everyone's left to their own devices without any sort of direction of where to go. You know, and so it's always necessary to have that because if not, then what do we... I mean, it's just like even in our own day-to-day lives, so to speak, like if, if the if the most high wasn't the most high and we didn't have the most high, we, how would we be able to function? Everything governs us. There's always layers to all these different things about how there's always different levels of governance and then government in general. So it's always necessary. It's, 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 it's part of, you know, our daily existence, so to speak. You can't really get around from that. So... That's my thoughts on that, brother. Thank you, sir. So look at this. If you just got a bunch of people in any one area, but there's no universal understanding of how to treat one another, it is like brother just said, that is very well lead to an anarchy sooner than later. So the whole idea of this 
is ancient and it's like natural meaning you look at everything in nature trees grass animals planets stars everything is orderly everything is in harmony with one another, all in nature. And all of that is what government really means. It's all about order and and what have you. So when we're looking at the scriptures, well, no, let me go to the NBA. I'm going to compare this to the scriptures. Okay, so look at this. NBA National Basketball Association. Now, I'm going to use this man, this brother, Elliot Perry. Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies basketball team. Just really try to catch what I'm trying to say here. Look at this. Do you think this man goes into the office and has some type of, I don't know, ritual that he does for whatever he believes to be his God in order to conduct NBA business. Just saying, what do you think? Uh, Ramya, what do you think? Um, Sister Shanice, what do you think? Hey, ask that question one time, brothers. Do you think that this NBA governor goes to the office in order to conduct NBA business, has rituals and stuff that he does for whatever he thinks of as his God? No. And the reason why I say that is because um, when you uh, – governing something or governing um, someone or governing a body of people, um, what you, what, what your, your, uh, your belief system or your belief, your tradition is, is never in, in, it's private. It's like a private life. So it's like one side, you know, like we, uh, one side of us, or put like this, uh, we out here as my first name is Raymond. You know, this is my public side. This is what everybody know me. You know, but once I'm actually uh in my proper status and I am in a governing body, everybody would know me as Raam, y'all, because that's my true name. And I yield. Okay. Thank you, sir. 
Um, so in order to run the NBA, I'm sure this man and all of the people in the NBA, they have um, a set of rules. Well, they do have a set of rules. And there's a, a, an expected manner in which they're to conduct themselves. That's universally understood. When you come to work, this is how you're supposed to act. If any of us have ever worked a job, um, if you currently work at a have a place of employment, you know that that place expects you to conduct yourself in a particular kind of way. The job does not care whether you believe in a God or not. They didn't hire you based on a quote-unquote religious belief. They hired you to do a job, and you wanted to work at that job to earn some commerce. So understanding this, it does not take a belief system in order to run the NBA or any business. Apply this to the scriptures. I want to equate a belief system, a religion, with idol God worship. And the Hebrew faith as the rules and regulation of how you're supposed to conduct yourself in this society, on this earth, and if you have a quote-unquote job, how you're supposed to operate while you're on duty, such as a minister, an officer, a uh, or what have you, trustee, or what have you, anything. So that means if you come to the NBA and try to treat the NBA and how you conduct yourself based on your religious belief, and I'm equating this with idol God worship, Can you see that if you don't believe in the in in reality, if you believe in something that's totally false and fake, you probably are not qualified to really deal with the public. What do you think? Um, let me see. Um, Sister Crystal, are you there? What do you think about that? Shalom, she had to step out. Okay. What do you think? Let me see who else is on the line. Sister Shanice, what do you think? What I think about it is like 
atheists, like they go and they have businesses and they run corporations and they don't base it off how they believe. They don't disrespect anybody. They don't use their personal feelings or how they, like they don't believe in a God when they run a business. They just run it according to how it's supposed to be with certain rules and standards. They just treat, like treat people with respect, have integrity, things of that nature. And that's what I think about it. Thank you, sister. So let's let's say there's somebody wants to get hired by the NBA and they personally have a religion that believes that If you're born a female, if, if a female that she's evil by nature, she's the, she's the devil. If you're born quote unquote black, you're naturally supposed to be a slave. So they have these belief systems that when I'm saying that, that I mean, that's just somebody's personal interpretation. That's their personal beliefs. Because no Negroes are not supposed to be naturally slaves. No women are not born devils. It's just crazy. I mean, you know what I'm trying to say. There might be some that are devils that are women, but they ain't born, you know, I don't know. Let me leave that. So um, it's no different than believing that um, all Caucasians on the earth are the devil. Like, no Negroes can be wicked. Like, Negroes are not able to be with you. I don't know if this is a good example, but my point is if you have these belief systems that are just so outlandish and unrealistic, I really wonder could somebody like that be rational and impartial and run the NBA with actual fairness, equality, so on and so forth. Uh, what do you think about that, brother Ek? Yeah. Um, in order to even sit in a seat such as a government position, you have to conduct yourself with a reason in mind. So you can't. There can't be room for idolatry. Um, you have to reason with reality, fact not opinions, you have to be impartial. These all require a reasoning mind, which when you're clouded, if someone is clouded with fantasy worship or idolatry, you can't really make impartial judgments on things that are that could affect a lot of people. So if, if, if to, to your earlier point about if 
uh, all, um, let's just say, if Negro men were born evil, and we know that the NBA or basketball was invented by Caucasians, so if that was the case, we wouldn't have no LeBron James today or Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan. There wouldn't be no Negro athletes that would eventually become superstars if all Negro men were evil, so therefore it would be we had not, we're banning all Negro men from sports. Now, if that was someone that had that type of mindset, can they really, really make a fair assessment? They would have to say, okay, what about the other Negro men? Like, how can all Negro men just be evil? That's just impossible. Granted, there are some that are, but not every single one of them can be evil. So you're going to just ban every single Negro in existence from playing sports, whatever. That's an impartial. That's not an impartial state of mind. So that leads itself into saying that you're worshiping the God that believes that all Negro men are evil. So if someone is fit in that capacity, if someone is thinking along those lines, they can't be fit or adequate to make impartial judgments because now they're functioning on a biased perspective. And if you're going to be sitting on a government seat, you can't be biased. You have to be impartial. You have to be unbiased, so to speak. So I think, um, you know, that's really, that's really the essence of it all. And that's why all throughout the scriptures, it's always been professed that thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Because when you start inventing idol gods, you can't lead a body of people that you're going to eventually serve. You, as the government official that believes in that stuff, is also participating in the chaos that everybody else is succumbing to as well. Because that's the whole essence of that government position, that government leadership is to provide civil order. So that way people are not to be engaging in affairs that leads to idolatry, but more reality-based decisions that will help them advance in their own commercial affairs, so to speak. So if government leaders are not operating that capacity, they're also contributing to the anarchy that could eventually um, uh, emerge as well, and I yield. Very well put. Very well put. Okay. Let me tell you something that happened in my life. I don't know if I said this on the record before, but when I was approximately 15 years old, um, my best friend, he had another best friend, another best friend. <clears throat> and his other best friend were, was heavy into comic books. And one time, he told my friend that there was this um, little mountain in a part of Michigan that there was going to be extraterrestrials were going to land on top of the mountain and give you any type of superpowers or grant you any wish that you want. So 
they went, and my friend was telling me this. Eventually, I became friends with the other guy, too, but excuse me, my stomach there. Um, So they went, and they came. Well, before they went, and my friend's telling me this, he's like, man, we're going to get superpowers. It's like, he's going to get such and such powers, and I'm asking for this and this powers or whatever. And I said, oh, really, are you? I said, okay, it's not going to happen. You know, is this what you're talking about is completely a fantasy. But he, they actually really 100% believe this. Now, you got to hear me good now. <laughs> We're like 15 years old. So they go to the mount. Um, no extraterrestrials showed up or nothing like that. However, they did some type of rituals and they saw something shining in the sky and they said, oh, see, there it is there. Um, and they, everybody allegedly got what they asked for. So these two guys, my friends, as for these superpowers, one, this is, what I'm telling you, is the, this is for real. This actually happened. One is supposed to be able to fly and shoot um, heat vision out like Superman, but shoot um, something out of his hands like, like Iron Man. And I can't even remember what the other one was. So they come back and tell me, yeah, um, we met with these extraterrestrials. So I'm questioning them. At 15 years old, I was still thought the same way. So did they actually land? I'm not saying extraterrestrials don't exist. I believe they exist because I've seen them. But I'm saying, did they actually land on the mount? Well, no. So did they actually touch you or whatever? Well, no. I said, okay. So about a year later, I asked them, um, whatever happened to your superpowers? thought you all were supposed to get superpowers. And the other guy was like, yeah, they're starting to develop. Now, we're like 16 years old. They're starting to develop now. I can feel it happening. And he's telling me this. He's like, all of a sudden... Like, my body is, is, is getting warmer all of the time, this kind of thing. I am not lying to you when I say this. 15 years old, 20 years later, I ask him the same question. So we like in our 30, 35 around there. I ask him the same question. Well, he's saying, well, you know, he... He didn't say that he didn't believe it. He said he didn't believe that it was happening that way, but he said what they he said they didn't do it the right way because the thing the the extraterrestrials didn't actually transfer it over them because they didn't touch him. Now this is thirty five years old. He no matter of fact he's a year older than me, so I'm gonna say thirty six years old. Now that is absurd. I'm not saying that extraterrestrials don't exist. I'm not saying that. 
But the way that he they described this, that they're going to get these superpowers and he's going to be able to fly, shoot at heat vision and all this stuff. Okay. In 20 years, it did not happen. But he still believes that they did something wrong as, as they didn't touch the actual extraterrestrials to actually get the powers transferred or whatever they wanted. Okay. So now, imagine somebody that's going to spend the rest of their life, they become 40. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying he's this way because I haven't talked to him since, well, actually since that time I haven't talked to him. But um, imagine if he goes on in his life, he's 50 years old, um, he still believes that same thing. No evidence, nothing. He's going to just all of a sudden have superpowers once he touches these extraterrestrials or shakes hands or whatever. Doesn't know anybody that that's happened to. No evidence. Just a belief that a group of people have developed in their mind and take it to their grave. DeShane, are you there? I'm here, brother. How, what does that sound like to you to hear somebody that's 35 years old believe something like that? What does that sound like to you? Man, that sounds crazy. Like they, they need to be in a nut house or something. But it's sad that because the brother probably going to still be believing that to his whole life, you know? And if it's already been this long, like, it's ain't no saving him. That's sad, brother. It's kind of funny, but it's sad, man. <laughs> so. Yeah, well. The leader of the Nation of Islam, Elijah Muhammad, is sitting on a um, a UFO hovering the earth and at a certain time he's going to come back and take up all the people out of the nation of Islam. Did you all know that they teach that? Hmm. No, sir. <laughs> Sounds kind of crazy. It sounds to me now. Now I'm gonna say this. So if anybody believes this, don't don't be offended. How I'm gonna say this, but that sounds equally as crazy to me as somebody believing that Jesus actually walked on water. I'm talking about literally walked on water in a way that is supernatural as though he has some type of superpowers. That's how crazy that sounds. It sounds equally as crazy to me as somebody believing that Muhammad flew on a magic donkey. Now, what I'm saying to you is there are people that actually believe things that are just unrealistic. It just makes no sense. Oh, God could do that back then, or God was doing that back then 2,000 years ago, but God's not doing it today. 
But the Bible says the Lord is the same, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So where the hell are you getting these thoughts? It's people developing idolatrous religions and teaching it. It didn't literally mean he walked on water. It did not mean that. I don't study the Quran, so I can't really speak on that. But I know that I have a little bit of common sense, enough to know that I've never seen a flying donkey. You might as well be on a magic carpet ride if you're going to say it's a donkey. And I don't want to sound like I'm trying to be, uh, you know, be insulting. I'm just saying, look at the, somebody that is totally irrational. Would you really want them running your business? <laughs> if you really want them teaching your babies, not just, not just everything as, as abroad, but I'm saying singularly, would you want them teaching these types of irrational, complete myths to your babies? And, and here's why I want, what I really want to stress here. We don't realize the dangers of mythology and idolatry because it impairs your reasoning ability. It impairs it. It makes you not be able to accept reality. Now, I want to say this with this Christianity, particularly Christianity, but all of these global religions. These people that that buy into this stuff and into these myths and fairy tales that are being told, their minds have been impaired. Their thinking is impaired. So frequently they will develop racist beliefs. They will develop irrational beliefs. superiority complexes. Like, because I believe that Muhammad flew on a donkey, I'm superior to you. And if you don't believe it, you're inferior to me. Oh, boy. Brother Eric, do you hear what I'm saying? What are your thoughts? Yes, sir. Uh... Basically, I mean that's that's what happened. You know, uh, we we turned it over after slavery and, and put the, uh, put our children in the hands of the uh, crocodile, and it was just idolatry, idolatry, idolatry sense. I mean, once you be raised in the world where you know you got. Uh, Winnie the Pooh Bear and everything else. 
Peter Bell, you know, and Peter Pan, and and you know they throwing events and everything, and people dressing up. You know, I mean, I mean, it, it's it it will it it has raised an uh, illiterate nation of people that is blind to the fact of uh, to reality and government and commerce, as well as our law, and as well as the scriptures. You know, it. I mean. I see it as whoever came up with the plan, they did a good job if they was the enemy, you know, which that we know. So they did a great job, you know, because you see it every day. You see it on TV. Everybody want to be somebody, you know. That been as a childhood. We always never was comfortable with ourselves, you know, because we didn't raise ourselves. We were raised by someone else. So with that idea. Very well put. I'm glad you said it that way also, buddy, because I don't believe that people are walking around believing that Peter Pan and Tinkerbell were real or Spider-Man is real, you know. However, if you claim the same Spider-Man, Peter Pan, Tinkerbell story and then turn it into a religion, people will believe the same damn thing that they know when they see in the movie is not true. They will believe this. So just switch the name, call it a God. Take Peter Pan and call call him a God. Seriously. I'm going to tell you how I, I'm going to give you a very good example. Peter Pan was a little bit mischief, mischievous, just a little bit. Um, I don't know if this is a good example, but let me tell you about Lord Krishna from the Hindu religion. When he was young, he was called the butter thief, and he was very mischievous, but he had these powers as as a child. He had these powers that are similar to some of the antics that Peter Pan could do. Now, look, it's one thing to have a a total made-up story and use it for a moral principle or teaching principle, like, hey, we'll make us, I don't know, a Superman, and Superman uh, will uh, represent truth and justice. That's cool, fine. But it's another thing to teach Superman was real and Superman is God. Now, look, I've been preaching this for years, but Superman, his actual name is Kal El. And El means God. And Kal comes from Kal, the spirit. So Superman is the spirit of God. That's literally what he is. Literally. But the idea that people have in their mind of Jesus is is a cross between Gandhi and Superman. Hmm. 
or Martin Luther King and Superman is a better way to describe it over here. So what people think of as prophets, messengers, so on and so forth, they literally think these people have physical superpowers, like superhero characters. So they believe in real-life Superman, Spider-Man, Wonder Woman. They believe that these people, they don't, they don't believe that Superman and Wonder Woman or them actually existed. But people with the same descriptions and characteristics, if you call them gods or prophets and messengers, they believe this. They believe this. Brother Bradley, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I stepped away from the phone for a little bit, brother. But um, yeah, I do, man. It's like um, from what I heard, it's like people just really we just lack um like logic. Like a a basis of reality, and we just tend to just really believe just things that make no sense. And just the first thing that somebody we maybe look up to or see as a leader or think is a good example has some type of knowledge or information base that they don't know, we don't know, and we tend to just grasp onto that with no research, no reasoning. And just from there it's just just confusion with that idea, brother. Yes, sir. Brother DeShane, do you see this? Uh yes, brother, I do. Um could you uh Run the question by me again, brother. Do you see how people are actually walking around believing that there are real people that have existed that are like superheroes? Yeah, brother. Um, well, we don't we don't know who our creator is. We'll make up any. I don't, but we we just make up anything. Um, we have no. Uh, everybody has different opinions and different upbringings. So some people may think that they come from monkeys and stuff like that, or they may think they come from some super beings, or uh, we're we're all uh, black people are super beings where we have powers back then, or we, you know, what I mean, everybody has some type of. Uh, you know what I mean? Some type of way that was brought up. So it's just all confusion and people as Negroes, we just, we have so much um, beauty and so much history in our history, so much things that happened. And we, we just don't know where it came from and we don't know who we were and we don't, it's just a bunch of confusion, brother. Um, 
I'll yield, brother. I don't have too much to say. Thank you, sir. So if you believe, if I asked any individual, do they believe, well, let me go to a Hindu. I go to a Hindu and I'll ask them, do you believe in Peter Pan? Do you believe Peter Pan was was a, a real God? And they will probably say no. Let me just tell you this. There are disembodied entities, energies that we may call spirits. Okay? That's real. They don't have a physical body. This is a a spirit entity. Yes, that's real. In the scriptures, when they're talking about angels, nine out of ten times they're not talking about a, a disembodied entity with a halo over their head and wings and a choir robe on, a white choir robe with white wings and a halo over their head. That's not what the Bible is talking about. The Bible is talking about basically messengers or liaisons or ambassadors when they're referring to the term angel. It's it's a messenger, somebody that's carrying a message, delivering a message, or something like that, not some being with a choir robe and wings. So understand the danger of this, because this knowledge really goes all the way back to what we were talking about um, last semester. The the spoken law, the verbal law. We would talk amongst us, and we developed culture with sound thinking and reasoning. We understood, don't teach your baby certain things. Don't teach your babies that these made-up entities are actually real gods or whatever, or angels or whatever you want to call Don't teach that. This is part of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. This is part of the knowledge of that. Don't eat of this tree and don't feed it to your babies. Fantasies and fairy tales and teaching them that these fantasies and fairy tales that are unverifiable, that are unrealistic, are real. And you start teaching them these things are real, then they're going to actually grow up believing that even though they have never seen it in their life. And they're going to teach their babies 
and they're going. This is going to become multi generational, generation after generation after generation. They're going to believe in something that is totally not real, and their entire thinking and everything they do in their life, their decision making, how they handle things, are going to be in that state of mind. The only people that can't discern between a story and reality are people who are stuck in a childlike mind and have never been taught how to wake up to reality. That is part of idolatry. Now you are doing your offspring a disservice to let them grow up and believe in complete fantasies and believe that these fantasies are real. Then make decisions based on that. No matter how great or small, there's nothing wrong with cartoon characters and all of that and superhero characters. But there is something wrong when you teach somebody that this thing is a God and is real. Now, let's look at the damage this did to us. The one thing that brought us together and unified us in America was Black Panther. All these so-called conscious intellectuals all support Black Panther. You tell them to support something real, they will not do it. They will not. Okay, here's a real principle. We're getting murdered in the streets. How about we all come together, formulate government, and protect our own people? At, At large, there's always scattered people amongst all these different groups that will hear something that's that's real and they will respond to it because we got all these different types of minds out there and they will come together and say, okay, I'm with this. I'm with this. But the majority, the majority won't do it. And then here's the thing. The same smart, intellectual, conscious, know all this stuff about God and history and know all these scriptures, every single one of them went to see Black Panther. And every single one of them unified for Black Panther, but disunifies when it comes to stopping cops from killing us. Then, then all of a sudden their philosophy, their religion, whatever the hell they do in their life, all of a sudden, they can't work with their brothers and sisters to stop these murders. That doesn't make sense to them. No, I can't work with you to stop these murders. Now, here's what I want to, I'm trying to lead this up going all the way back to everything we were talking about. But look, you don't want that type of mental illness and that type of education, or not even education, that type of mental impairment and fables and fairy tales, you don't want to pass that on to somebody that you call your offspring that is actually a biological child, children, and, and, and call yourself loving them. You don't want them to walk around with that type of 
thing on them. You want them to be awake, aware. You want them to have be smart, intelligent. Any half of a brain, legitimately loving individual does not want that for their children. They want the best for their children. So naturally, you will want to separate from bodies of people who believe that because they got the right to believe it. You, If you want to believe that, go ahead. You can believe that. That's your business. But I got a right to not believe it, and I got a right to not allow that to be taught to my babies. So with that in mind, now these people who believe in fantasies and fairy tales and believe that stuff is real have created religious religions and have passed this poison mind onto masses of people. When we go out every day, you're going to run into somebody with that kind of mind. And I'm not talking about just those who are religious. I'm even talking about the ones who are, quote, unquote, non-religious, because they are going through the same thing. The, the fake Christians that go to church don't even know what's in the book. They don't even know what's in the scriptures, claim that they worship it, claim that they follow it, but yet they're following fairy tales and their behavior shows it. They're supposed to be so holier than thou, but yet they're liars, they're fornicators, they're adulterers, they're thieves, they're murderers. They're doing everything that the scripture says don't do, all in the name of their idolatrous, fake, mythological God, Jesus. They do everything in their life based on that. They're quick to lie. And they're still a Christian, but they're quick to lie. They're quick to steal from their own brothers and sisters and relatives. Quick to backbite and slander you. Quick to talk about you like a dog. Because you don't believe that fairy tale. And when you try to show him the truth, well, wait a minute. You say you believe in this. Well, let me show you this. What do you think about this that's in the scriptures, in the same book that you say you believe? What do you think about this? Then all of a sudden, that's not sufficient. Then they start questioning, is this the real Bible? You made this Bible up. This ain't the real Bible. No, it is the real Bible. You just ain't reading it. And that pastor, a preacher, is deceiving you. Now, you got masses of people who can't even reason with reality. Now, how about those people are your city council, mayors, governors? How about those people become your president, your leader, same state of mind? You got a major problem because if you talk to one of them on the streets, you know that they, you tell them, look, this is what the Bible actually says. You're lucky if they don't turn into an enemy to you right on the spot and start plotting against you. 
let alone if you run into some crazed um, Islamic guy because now he believes he's superior to this Christian because he believes in Islam, but yet the same guy believes Muhammad flew on a donkey. Okay, I'm trying to express this. Um, Ramya, is it making sense? Yes, sir, it is. What are your thoughts overall, brother? Well, um, overall, my thoughts uh, is it's more of um, what we're learning here and understanding within, you know, controlling your ego and um, changing self from from what we once were. Um, more of um, more of being able to um, understand and to separate ourselves before what I said uh, separating ourselves from the public to the private. You know, a lot of people don't have to know um, what you believe or what you you stand for uh, on, on that level. Um, it's more of being private. Um, most of us nowadays, this is how we live. Everybody got to know our business. Everybody got to know what we're going through. Everybody got to know what we're doing. Um, we don't live a private life anymore. Um, it, it just is saddened because we walk around here and we are filled with idolatry, and we teach our children this every day and don't even notice this is what we're doing. And somehow, some way, we have to actually get to that point of changing that. And I yield. Thank you, brother. And, and, and listen, the scriptures are real. The scriptures are true. For me, the truest thing I've ever, ever studied and followed is this book they call the Holy Bible today. This is the realest and truest thing. And for me, I can tell you, this is how I live my life. This is how I eat, sleep, drink, breathe. I do this thing 24-7 every thing that I am is based on this book, but I am not an idolater. I do not believe in your myths and fairy tales, period. I do not doubt that there is an almighty creator because I know that there's not a man walking on this earth that has ever created a man with his own two hands from nothingness or from dirt and water, never created a flesh and blood living soul. So that means you had to, we had to procreate to create another life, but that means there has to be something greater than us that made us, that created us. 
some I ain't seen a man create an actual planet. I've never seen a man create an actual tree. We can simulate and take things from nature and use them to simulate these things, but I'm talking about actually creating a planet. No, something greater than us created this. That's just common sense. So what happens is the people are confusing these fairy tales with the reality that there is a supreme being, a higher power. And they're confusing these religions and with that. And then they're confusing scriptures. You know, they might have their own holy book, uh, Bhagavad Gita for Hindus. You see, um, a Quran for Arabs or Islamic people, so on and so forth. Fine, you all have that. But we can pinpoint that all of this comes back down to the original inhabitants that walked this earth who developed all of this knowledge and passed it down to their bloodline. And we, these North American Negroes, just happen to be the direct bloodline from them, the original people that walked this earth, the original people that wrote these scriptures down. Now, as I'm stating this, what would happen if the NBA has has NBA governors? What would happen is if this if one or two of these individuals start to come and talk fairy tale stuff and how to get this stuff solved with making money, making successful teams, and they start going into ritualistic beliefs that are not based in reality, they would get fired. They would get fired. Somebody would say, you don't know what you're talking about. All you got to do is do this, 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 and this, and then a, a money's going to fall out of a tree. There's, that's how it works. All you got to do is do this, 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 and this, and then all of a sudden I'm going to become, or you or, or your your brother that's in high school, he's going to become Michael Jordan tomorrow. He's going to have Michael Jordan abilities tomorrow. And then you're going to call him up and put him on your squad. Now, if somebody walks into the NBA talking like this, they're not going to have a job. And you'd be lucky if if the NBA didn't try to have these people committed to an insane asylum. The reality is this is what you are dealing with, particularly amongst our people. And you cannot look at yourself as though you are superior or better than them. You just got to look at them, be aware that they don't understand and that there's a problem, they got a mental impairment going on called idolatry. It, it shows itself. I'm going back to the names. We were talking about the name. We talked about the pronunciation. When we say it in the English, it's Yeshua. It's not Yeshua because Joshua, you don't say Joshua. You say Joshua. It's Yeshua in English. That's the English way to say it. Maybe in Hebrew, certain dialects, yes, you do say Yeshua. But to get people to to understand, you just took 
the name and made the name itself an idol god. And if somebody doesn't pronounce it like this in this dialect, then they're out to lunch. They're your enemy, and they're the devil. That is insane. This is why it is good for us to know the different pronunciation, but it's also pertinent that we understand the root of truth. We were talking about Yahweh and how those four letters can have thousands of vowels, different vowel combinations, according to dialects of Hebrew. But the, one of the oldest that, well, the oldest that I've ever heard, and I don't claim to know everything on this earth about it, but I know in 30 years I haven't heard anybody usurp this truth, Yahuwah, with the, with the, the vowels in it, like Yah or even Yahuwah. But the point is, it's not Yahweh, but if somebody says Yahweh, we're not going to discriminate against them and make them an enemy. They might not have the same body of information that we have here. Fine. That doesn't mean that they're a wicked individual because a lot of people might have misinformation, but they're still good people. They still have good morals. They're still open-minded and can accept learning other things. They just know of that, and if you introduce it to them, it's, it's more interesting to them because they're finding out more truth. There are a lot of people out there like that, and they're waiting on you and I. But if you go back to this thinking, oh, you don't pronounce the name like this, so you're you're the enemy. You're out to lunch. You worship the devil. You don't know the truth. Only I know the truth. I'm superior to you because you don't pronounce it this way. That is insane. That is that is a social, mental, psychological problem. Now let's go back to the scriptures and let's look at this again. The one who's become known as Jesus, Yeshua, was dealing with these same minds, the same mental impairment. Those who are calling themselves Pharisees, prophets, they were coming against him. And he knows that he's dealing with this type of state of mind in them. And he, he's already expecting them to come looking for him and come throwing stuff at him. He knows that those that are not Pharisees and Sadducees and they're just the common people of his own people, he knows that they've fallen asleep. They believe they're Roman citizens, just like today. They, Negroes think they're American citizens, which we really technically are not, but they think American citizen is a nationality. They don't know who their forefathers are, 
They don't even know how to find the evidence of who their forefathers are. And they'll go into church and call themselves worshiping God, call themselves worshiping the book, and know nothing at all about either one. And will try to plot your death if you come against what they believe. These radicals on the streets calling themselves Hebrew Israelites will try to character assassinate you if you don't trans. Uh, how do how do they say? Um, what do them guys say? Precepts. If you don't interpret the precepts how they interpret them, then they will go out and slander you all over Facebook, all over YouTube. And they call themselves representing this book and this truth in the Hebrew faith. I don't want to sound like I'm attacking them. I'm just pointing this out. Because it does not line up with the real spirit of the scriptures and the real spirit of the Hebrew faith. Yes, we have enemies. Yes, we have enemies that have enslaved us. But the root of that is it was our fault for getting away from these principles and turning to idol gods. <laughs> so the Most High put us in slavery because of it. And here you got people that are continuously preaching this and preaching this. I'm saying to us, you have to be patient. You have to be careful. You have to be considerate that even people that have been following these false religions and might have been severely infected with that poisonous state of mind, you can reason with them. The scripture says, come let us reason together. Why is that? It's because no matter how much this poison mind has infected this planet, there's always people that still have a, a little less of the poison that are still trying to find some truth. That's how all of us in this nation came to this nation, including me. When I was infected by that poison coming up in the church, and I got healed from it, and it took time, but I got healed from it with truth. So I'm saying be mindful of that. Some people you'll you'll meet and you'll recognize that they're going to turn themselves into an enemy. Some people you'll meet, they'll act like they're your best of friends, but in their heart, they are your enemy. Some people will just flat out be an enemy and won't even hide it from you. But you got to learn to look and discern and comprehend who you are dealing with. I hope that makes sense. Now, if these people are running government, which is what happened to us, that believe in all these fantasies and fairy tales, now we call ourselves waking up in America. And then you will find somebody coming out and starting a religious cult, and they'll call it House of 
Let's say house of Israel, house of Yahweh, house of Jesus, whatever. And they think that the house of the Lord Almighty, Most High Almighty, they think that that's talking about a church temple or a church or a temple or some type of religious building, and they think that it's talking about going into that building, setting up statues of wood and stone and images of what they call God, their God, and going in there and actually bowing down and praying to these false idol gods and continuing to teach these people these myths. They believe this not knowing that the house of is actually a branch of government. House of David in the scriptures was the government that King David set up. House of Judah, house of Israel, same thing, same thing. It was government and organization. The sad thing is our people take it and make it into idolatry. The NBA takes it and makes a board of governors. (laughs) McDonald's takes it and makes a board of directors. Negroes take it, take it, and make superheroes the Justice League or Super Friends of X Men, and just put their names John, Paul, or whatever. And this is harsh the way I'm putting it. And even though I'm not trying to be harsh, you and I both know that if you said these exact same things to the public that you would make all types of enemies. They will just hate you for telling the truth. So you have no business going out here trying to wake everybody up. You want to share it because you got, yes, of course you want to share the truth. But it's how you share it. It's how you share it. You can't go out and tell tell these. I mean, you could, but if you did it, you're gonna get you know people trying to murder you, your own people, to try to murder you and assassinate your character and call you a lunatic, a heretic, a false teacher, a false prophet. When you can prove reality about what you're saying, and they can't do anything but turn to more myths, fables, and fairy tales. And you got they got to stay in that state of mind and you got to let them stay in that state of mind unless you see a real hunger there, a real, uh, some real truth, truth seekers. Otherwise, what you do is you treat everybody with respect, you be polite, be receptive, and never walk around thinking that you are superior. 
Don't have, you don't have to make friends with everybody. You don't have to tell all your business to everybody. Be yoked. Be evenly yoked. The scripture says don't be unevenly yoked. Well, you're unevenly yoked if you're a Christian and going to a Buddhist temple and expecting that you're going to convert all these Buddhists into believing in Jesus. No, if you believe in Jesus, go to a church where that's where you feel that you have people of like mind. If you don't believe in that, find where you fit in. And then let these people coexist. Now, I'm going to take it to one step further, and I'll be done. In government, all throughout the scriptures, there are different terms that are used to denote the different states of mind that these people are in. As I'm describing to you, there were people back then that believed in fairy tales. There are different terms that are used to describe them. Today, those terms that are in scriptures would have been translated into, well, I will say transliterated to mean something. It has the same meaning, but it's a different word. So if I say sinner, transgressor, a transgressor as I'm reading it out of the scriptures, and a sinner as I'm reading it out of the scriptures, translate to the, to the modern-day criminal and felon. So if I start looking at the scriptures, and every time I see a transgressor or the word sinner, and I start understanding that's somebody that was breaking the law back then. That's somebody that was breaking the law. You talk to somebody today about what a sinner is, they can't tell you what it is really. It's just somebody that doesn't do right, but they don't, they don't functionally comprehend it. They think that they go to church and shout and jump and all that, that means that, yeah, they're still a sinner, but they're saved. How the hell are you saved from being a sinner and you're still a sinner? That don't even make common sense. Anything you're saved from, it means you're no longer participating in it. It means you're no longer doing it. If you are a criminal and you went to prison for it, and you change your behavior, you're not called a criminal anymore. You're called an ex-con. But you tell this to people in church, and they think, oh, no, it is impossible to be an ex-con. It's impossible to be an ex-criminal. It's impossible to be an ex-sinner. No, all of us are sinners. All of us are criminals. No, speak for yourself. I've never murdered anyone. I'm not a murderer. So if I've never murdered anyone, I'm not a murderer. Why is it so hard for you to believe that all of these wicked things, that everybody doesn't do them? 
It ain't got nothing to do with a religion. It's just something to do with you. It's like you have different traits as an individual that are already good. Some of it is just common sense. You're already good, and you don't, you know instinctively that's wrong to do that. Okay? The scriptures call you a Hebrew. One is following the path and the laws of the prophets and the forefathers. You're in Hebrew. That's what you're following. And it ain't got nothing to do with ritualistic bow down to wood and stone. I'm not saying that there are some traditions and rituals that are not um, necessary, yeah, for your own discipline. But my point is, you know the difference. That's my point. EK, do you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying, brother. <laughs> I get it 100%. If you, take, if you taught this madness to your children about, forgive me, I just got to use this, but I don't mean any disrespect. A man flew over a whole entire city or two on a donkey. A donkey. Okay, well, let's flip it and go to Aladdin. So back 100,000 years ago, uh, this this God, Aladdin, um, this almighty God made himself into a man named Aladdin, and he flew over uh, the whole entire earth on a magic carpet in 80 days, around the world in 80 days. And you're teaching your babies and grandbabies this. Impairing their ability to reason. See, the application of this is hurting, it is actually infecting their brain. So whereas in the scriptures, you will see transgressors, you will see sinners, you will see dogs. A dog is a transgressor and a sinner, but a dog is somebody who has just totally abandoned all sense of civility and is just savage. You will see beast. A dog is a beast. They can be they can look as civilized as possible, right? But yet you got these politicians in office who are hitting the streets of other cities and picking up transsexuals and, and got balls in their mouth and all types of sadomasochism going on behind closed doors. Going to, to Philippines and Thailand and having sex with homosexual activities with little boys and girls. Women going over there and having lesbian acts with lesbian prostitutes, cross-dressers, behind closed doors. All of that filth going on behind closed doors in the United States government, in the churches, in the pulpits. What was that no-good guy, that low-down bastard that was uh, raping them boys in the church, that Negro in Atlanta? Anybody remember who I'm talking about? 
Uh, I can't remember his name. He's dead. He's dead now. Eddie Long. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. Y'all remember Eddie Long? Anybody not know who Eddie Long is? Everybody knows Eddie Long. Okay, well, good. Going in there and, and being a homosexual. Watch that movie Spotlight about about how all those um, cardinals and bishops in the Catholic Church were were raping these boys and little children. Other reports come out, they got bones of dead bodies hidden in the walls of these Catholic churches of nuns and, and children that they all killed because they were committing homosexual and lesbianism acts and child abuse, and they, the Catholic Church was killing these people. They abuse them and kill them and then put them in the walls of these churches. And keep right on along <coughs> preaching Jesus and Mary. That's the reality of life. And the the truth about it is we should be separating from such minds and such people. And we should be able to come together and unify and work together diligently to keep that madness out of our nation. Just as it is written in the scriptures and just as our forefathers told us to do, instead of signing up with them, and start going to worshiping their gods, their false religions, poisoning your offspring's mind, generation after generation. It started with us. It didn't start with these Caucasoids. It didn't start with Romans. It started with us taking on these idol gods and even inventing these idol gods ourselves. It started with us. So no blame shifting. Oh, it's just them. If we just get away from them. No, you got to deal with yourself. You got to deal with yourself. So we're not superior to anybody. We're not better than them. Maybe I'm a little less sick than these people are, but I might have my own sicknesses to deal with. So never think that we're better than anybody. But recognize, if they're going to make themselves superior, if they're going to hurl insults and slander and backbite and and spread your name out there bad and call you false prophets and all this, all over YouTube and all over Facebook, those are not people that you want to befriend. Those are not people that you want to deal with. But turn the other cheek. You don't have to do it to them just because they did it to you. You don't have to go out here and slander them and lie on them. But that does not mean that you don't defend your name. It does not mean that you don't stand up and say, hey, these are false accusations against me, false allegations against me. That does not mean that. But don't you be the one to go spread falsehood on other people and spread falsehood, period. And don't teach it to your babies. So the whole essence of what we've been learning about the names, the pronunciations, learning the real history about how our peoples got scattered in slavery and 
what was going on. It's to repair us and bring us back together, not to further divide us. And those who have an ear, let them hear. If they can hear this message, then they belong with us to learn and grow. But if they want to make us an enemy, it's them that did it. If they're our brothers, I mean. If our own brothers make enemies out of us, it's them that did it. Even foreigners, just because they're not our brothers and sisters, they don't necessarily have to be an enemy. They might be, but that doesn't mean that they absolutely are just because they're foreign. I hope you get what I'm saying. Um, Deshane, are you there? I'm here, brother. Um, I've been. I need to speak with you because I want to um, get you involved with this Fishers and Man program, and um, because I know you got the right kind of spirit to help spread the truth from a, like a, a street level, you know what I'm saying? And, and I think you have a passion for it. So I need to speak with you. Like, um, are, do you have, when are you available to speak? Um, you want me to speak tomorrow, brother? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, what time do you have? I get off at four o'clock. I get off of work at four, so any time after that. What time is it there right now? Eight thirty three. Or now we can speak now, brother. I was just saying because I I was gonna get ready for bed soon. <laughs> but if we want to speak now too, brother. I can't do it right now anyway, but um Can you please can you please give me a call tomorrow at five? Five o'clock. Yes, sir. Okay. Thank you very much, sir. So I thank you all for being able to support your brother. I've been, you know, my immediate uh loved ones and relatives been really dealing with these issues and um you really do need bereavement time. We've had some um, people in the nation who have lost loved ones, and um, we really, we really need time to ourselves and to get ourselves together. And I am definitely one that needed it. And um, I thank you for your love and support. I can't always. I'm the type. I just need to be to myself, you know, when something like this happens. But it was okay. I, I was okay until somebody that I know called me talking about, I'm sorry for your loss, basically, but, you know, can you help me do this, 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 and this on this business? That kind of, like, set me over the edge. There's nobody on this line. Um, they set me over the edge, and I'm like, man, I just I can't do it. I really try to give people space 
because anybody's calling them, you know, telling them, you know, um, my prayers are with you and all that, which is beautiful to, to do. But sometimes you got to remember, give people a little bit of space, and um, you should be good. Brother uh, Eric, no, I'm sorry. Brother Eric, what's the city? What's the name of the city you're in again? Because I keep forgetting, man. Shalom, Leesburg, Georgia. L E E. Yes, sir. Bird. Okay, Leesburg. Yes. Okay, Leesburg. There's one how word. Far? Leesburg. How far are you from Savannah? Ooh. And these are good two hours, hour and how long are they there? Four miles. Four miles. No. I don't think it's Okay. Hold on, let me check right quick. I'll get right back with you. Okay. Brother Bradley, are you there, sir? Last time I checked, he was driving to work. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, did anything happen in Houston? Say that one more time. Did anything happen in Houston last week on with weather? I can't even hear you, brother. Yeah, you should be heard. Yes, sir. Yeah, it was a bit of flooding. Maybe like five. I think it was like five days ago. A week. Yeah, just a bit of flooding. That that's all I know. Okay. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. Mama. Mister. Again. Oh, sir, I was saying, I was this brother Eric, I was just mentioning it's three hours and 41 minutes from my location. I'll say four hours. Did anything, any weather situations happen last week? In my area? Yeah, well, yeah, in your area. Uh, I, I was not in town. I was out of town. Okay. Well, because of this situation uh, with uh, my mother-in-law, um, it's kind of pushing back our plans to come city to city is delaying it a little bit um, naturally. I need to, personally, I need to emotionally recover because my mother, this is the first time in my life that I was actually 
present with a body with no life. And um, the scriptures teach us to, you know, not be around those bodies. And uh, and I can really understand why. I'm not saying you don't go to funerals and stuff. I mean, like, you don't be up close and personal like that. And um, it has, I've been through a lot of things in life, man. <laughs> but this is really... Uh, changed me for the good, but it's still a major thing because I'm telling you, my mother-in-law consciously exited. I I really believe this. Um, I really believe it. She took, Tor told me, she took 10 breaths. She said she, she heard her starting to breathe. She said, Mom, is somebody here to come get you? And she didn't respond. She just kept taking these breaths. And she did 10 breaths, and she exited. The scriptures call that giving up the ghost. Now, there's a lot to that when you give up the ghost. And I had heard of this all my life from my teachers. That when that time comes and you take these breaths, you can exit, you know, consciously exit. And because she was studying some things, which really makes me know, because I know the things she was studying, really makes me know that she made the conscious transition. She kept talking about for a couple of weeks before she left, she kept saying, I want to go home. I want to go home. And Tora was like, well, you are home. What are you talking about? You want to go back to California? She's like, no. And she was like, I want to go home. And neither one of us was really thinking about that and then once she exited then I realized that's what she was talking about nonetheless um, we have to go to California this weekend for my mother-in-law's memorial and um I mean, the nation will still be back here next week and everything, um, next Monday. But it's just going to push our plans back a little bit while we are recovering from this situation. So thank you all for the love and support because, believe me, I can feel it. And uh, we can adjourn for today. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.